It all started over 40 years ago in the land of the rising sun, in the age of super robots and children's cartoons. God damn it, are we doing this again? Welcome back to the final form. How excited are you, Ryan? How hyped are you? Or, better question, how perplexed are you? Perplexed? I don't know. Honestly, I feel a little high. <laughs> I'm clean. I'm sober. But I just watched a couple episodes of, of this particular anime, and boy... So, yeah. I'm your host Mitchell. Joined once again by Ryan. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Let's just dig into <laughs> Mobile Fighter G Gundam. This is what you had to pick. Well, you found the you found Gundam Wing a bit on the perplexing and the deep side and confusing, and this was much simpler when it comes to sides. I mean, yeah. Um... Simple is, I guess, a word. Well, the plot is simple. Uh, yeah. What they do with it. Uh, my. Um, so, we just crossed the one-year mark. Yay! And for the one-year anniversary, I suppose, we decided to dive back into Gundam. And I said, hey, Mitchell, you know Gundam. What Gundam should we do next? Well, I tried to ta- you know, tailor this. To you, and I know a lot of people who do not like Gundam. I tried giving them G Gundam, and they're like, "Oh wow, it's like Dragon Ball Z, only crazier." I love it. With more racism. <laughs> yes, yes, there is a lot more racism, but the thing is, they're equal on all sides. It's more along the lines of they basically only had a children's stereotype book to go with, and everyone is. It's okay. They stereotype everybody, including themselves. Japan is. Like, Domon is the samurai. He has to be a samurai. And many people yeah. refer to him as a wandering samurai. The tequila Gundam? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or the Canadian Gundam, which is referred to as either the Lumber Gundam mm-hmm. or the Grizzly Gundam, depending sure. on the Japanese or yep. the English version. Yep. And thank God this was dubbed by Ocean Group, who is a Vancouver-based dubbing company, because mm-hmm. otherwise the Canadian Gundam fighter would have sounded like he was from Minnesota. With mm-hmm. the A's and the bouts and the boy, you know, mm-hmm. like how no Canadian you've ever met ever sounds like, unless they're making a joke about themselves. Actually, a bunch of my extended family sound exactly like it. I have never met anyone, but everyone <laughs> I've met from Minnesota sounds exactly like that. Mm. It's very kind of like, you sure this is as far north as most Yanks get? They just assume this is Canada. Um... Where do we start? You you start this thing off, because I don't know. Okay, well, this is pretty much the first Gundam spin-off. Like, this is the first one that doesn't follow the whole Universal series, Century. Okay. This is the first one they decide, hey, we kind of have this giant complex web of continuity. We just want to tell a fun story with giant robots. Mm-hmm. What's popular right now with the kids? Dragon Ball Z? Let's do a Gundam show based off Dragon Ball Z. So they took the premise of Gundam, which is colonies and Earth are in a kind of a spat, but in this one, running the Earth that has all the rights and control of the colonies, 
the colonies have all the control of Earth. And rather than have a big war every single year to determine who, what colony is the most important, they basically hold the Olympics every four years. Only the Olympics are replaced with giant robots that land on Earth and fight and fight and fight. And whichever nation's robot wins for four years, that, plant, that country is now ruler of the colonies all on Earth. And while in the original series, the space colonies were based off real technology, like these are actual how space colonies could be designed, scientists are working on this. These ones are basically, let's saw off a part of Earth and send it into space. It looks like a chunk of Earth with like green and a city and the most important landmark of that country. Yep. So the Neo-China colony is has a Saturn's ring made of the Great Wall of China around it. Yep. Neo-Egypt has a Sphinx and a pyramid floating in space. Of course. Neo-France has an Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. And I think Neo-America has Mount Rushmore and the Statue of Liberty right next to each other in theirs. Now, the thing is, these are recreations of these yeah. famous landmarks. They are still on Earth, mm-hmm. only because no one who isn't poor lives on Earth. They look like shit. Everything on Earth looks like shit. Yeah. They refer to a lot of times as a dirt ball. Just want to say, they, they really thought long and hard about the naming of the colonies. Mm-hmm. Just Neo-blank. <laughs> yep. Some of them sound pretty badass, like Neo-Canada. I like the sounds of that. Neo-United States. That's a long-winded... Okay. Neo-Holland. Although Holland is one of my favorite nations in the entire G Gundam timeline, they have the Holland Gundam, or sometimes referred to as the Windmill Gundam. Yep. Which has the brilliant strategy of winning the tournament by not fighting. It lands on Earth and disguises itself as a windmill. And it makes it into the finals because the only way to get the finals is either to kill everybody or survive. Yeah. If you can't find the Gundam, it, win- it gets to the finals. And then it fires tornadoes of its windmill. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, th- there's no commentary because that speaks for itself. Yes. That's... Now, there's still the same level of Gundam level of evil corporations, evil gov- governments. Yeah, uh, Neo-Russia cheats, basically, by saying, hey, our fighter is in this area in the Siberian wastelands. Okay, well, I'll go, I'll go challenge Neo- Neo-Russia. Oh, I got kidnapped by Neo-Russian spies and they stole my Gundam and they're keeping me in a gulag, making me unbuild my Gundam so they can steal my technology. And... Because I've gone missing, I'm now a traitor of my colony. Because my technology is being used by Neo-Russia. Of course. So you're like, yeah, that's, that's ingenious, but that's pretty damn evil. Because it's supposed to be a sport of gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Which started off as basic crappy robots fighting each other. Then Britain won for a while by developing musket technology for their giant robot. So for years, Britain was the champ for using guns. Until one badass martial artist used his Gundam that copied his martial arts perfectly to win. And since then, they've figured, well, martial arts beat guns. We all should use martial arts. Wait, 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 wait. The, the one that was winning for the longest, longest time was using a musket? A musket-like weapon. It looks like a musket, but it's a laser cannon, basically. Okay. But it, I think the original version in the, the, the drawings I've seen loaded like a musket. But it's still part of the laser cannon musket. Okay, I was going to say... I mean, but, it, but it's funnier but the way this world works you could see them using a giant robot musket yeah I'm just I'm all I'm thinking is how does the technology for giant robots exist but not the technology 
to advance from musket to like I don't know a, a machine gun or, or a, a grenade launcher perhaps <laughs> I'm just saying what the first thing that fell off my mouth but yeah after a while guns became inefficient so hand to hand combat became champion there are reasons for that because every damn martial artist in this universe belongs in the Dragon Ball Z universe yeah I mean, they're doing the same jumps and kick. Well, not Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball is more accurate. Okay. It does get Dragon Ball Z level near the end, though, when yep. people start actually turning Super Saiyan gold, and it manages to turn their Gundam Super Saiyan gold. Sure. Because they've reached such there's, a level of martial arts and mastery. No, I'm not surprised. There's no surprising anymore. <laughs> like, honestly, after watching the first episode, I thought, there's no where this show can surprise me now. Because and I love it. This, this, this is my favorite turn off my brain and watch something anime. Man, you gotta really turn off your brain for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, I, you cannot take this show seriously. It was not written with them on taking it seriously. No, clearly. <laughs> and it almost feels like a parody of Gundam to me. It definitely feels like a parody of a lot of super robot shows, which are just, you know, let's pull bullshit in out of our ass. Yeah. But, you know, through our heart and our courage, we'll win the day. Well, in this case, it's through our heart and courage and my kung fu that I just bullshit out of my ass. It's just, it just feels like the show was written by autocorrect. No, it was written by someone who was determined to tell his story. There's a funny story. Uh, basically, this is the first Gundam show not directed by the original creator of Gundam. Okay. Who was notorious for, you can't change my story. Yeah. He's a very, I have a vision, we're doing my vision, and it's Bandai and Sunrise were not too fond of that because he's not fond of budgets. Mm. So they got a new guy who's never directed before and figured, ah, yes, we'll be able to control him perfectly. No. In fact, lots of writers left because he was so controlling. So that's kind of why the plot kind of goes all over the goddamn place. Yep. It sure does. But he's still proud of his work because he intended on making whatever this is. Whatever this is. Exactly. And I mean, do not come in here trying to take this as an example of what Gundam is. It has shades of what Gundam is, but yep. that's like saying, you know, pink is a shade of red, but you want burgundy. Mm. They're pretty far apart. You're technically right. Yeah. It looks, from an outside view, it looks like Gundam. And then when you watch it, <laughs> it's like um, it's like a chocolate cake that's filled with pickles. <laughs> it's like from the outside looking in, you're like, "Yeah, it's chocolate cake. It's just like every other chocolate cake." No, sir. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Oh fuck! This um, is literally the second Gundam show I watched. So I went from Gundam Wing to this, much like you. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, good, every Gundam show is going to be different and weird and kind of. Mm. Overall, yeah. But the English dub of this show is one of those ones that's beloved-hated. I don't really know. The crews themselves who dubbed it first hate the first 12 to 20 episodes. Okay. Because they weren't in their groove. They, wanted, they always said they wanted to go back and redo the original episodes. They probably should. <laughs> but the thing is, Bandai was like, no, you've recorded it. We're not going to give you a chance to re-record this. Just mm. get it out there on, your, on yeah. your, your American channels. We're a Canadian group. We don't care. 
we paid you to dub this, you dubbed it. Yeah. Don't you want a higher quality? No. No, we don't. But from what I remember, the voice actor for Domon Kashu and Master Asia, the two most important characters, ended up being in a lot of shows and games gear. Okay. Domon Kashu ended up voicing Mega Man X for a while. All right. And yeah. Master Asia ended up voicing Sigma, the main antagonist from that show. Okay. And they're kind of the main antagonist and main character in the show. And last I heard, I can't remember the name of the actor, but Domon Kashu's voice actor is a foot doctor in St. John's, Newfoundland. What? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? I know. That's the last I heard. I don't know if he's still there. Wow. Okay. I, I guess I was wrong. I, I could be surprised again by this show somehow. Um, I have lots of random weird trivia for this yeah. show. Because we don't see this, but there is like textbooks of lore of this world of, 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 the, of just G Gundam Jeff G Gundam who won each year of the tournament how wow. they won there's um Mummy the 4th Gundam the current one is like Mummy the 6th the Mummy the 4th comes back from the dead piloted by an actual mummy due to the evil dark Gundam and it's dark Gundam cells that can corrupt people and revive things and make them puppets so yeah. yep. it's an excuse to have a Shaolin monk in a dragon themed robot fighting a sphinx themed robot with that shoots mummy bum at edges. You want to tell them about the horse Gundam? Oh, I love Funsaiki. There's literally a horse that belongs to Master Asia that pilots a horse Gundam by the Gundam copies the horse's movements. You yeah. heard that right. The horse is inside the robot, so it's still hearing the explosions. It's not like the horse is safely tucked away in some sort of research lab. No. A horse, giant horse robot, which can fly into space, piloted by an actual horse. Yep. I, I, I love it. Sure. You just like I said, turn off your brain and just go. I want to see stupid shit. Man, I I don't need to turn off my brain for this. This turned my brain off. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. In the first episode, in the first episode, there was this one little throwaway bit that just... I don't even... So, what's the main character's name again? Domon. Domon Kashu. So he's being interrogated by the police. Oh, I love that scene. <laughs> and the police, uh, the officer brings in a pizza. They're in Neo-Italy. Neo-Italy, of course. Don't forget. Italian pizza. Um, and he, he's basically doing the whole, oh, but you're getting hungry, you know, like, I, and you expect at this point, oh, he's gonna, you know, use the pizza as temptation, so this guy will give his information up, and, and, because he's hungry. And for some reason, he switches from teasing him with the pizza to shoving his face literally in the pizza, which is kind of counterproductive on its own. But then, at the end of the episode... After Domon has proven that he's not a jerk... He, he throws him a slice of pizza and says, Hey, I owe you this. It's in a nice gift-wrapped box, too. That's the part that slew me. Like, first off, the city is evacuated because of the giant robot fight. Where did he go to get a professionally done pizza? And who put it in that nice box? I... I don't know. I... I don't know what to say about this show. It's 
I, it's not even like like you said at the beginning that people either love this or hate this. I do not love this. I can't say that I hate it. It's just it's just fucking batshit. This <laughs> this show is fucking nonsense. Have you tried one to get high? No, I have not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that would be a good time, honestly. <laughs> There's a friend I know who could only watch this high. I, like, he, he gets high, and his first thought is, oh, I should watch some G Gundam. You know, that doesn't surprise me that much. No, it does not. As a guy who doesn't even drink, I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I will say, like, on the technical side of it, was not into the animation. I actually was. I thought there was a lot of, like, weird shots that were like so quickly thrown in there that you couldn't even see what was happening and it didn't make I any sense. I got the impression they were trying to go for a lot of speed. Yeah, but I mean, give you should probably if you're going to animate a shot, you should probably actually show the shot, <laughs> which fair enough. I mean, it's not for everybody, but it this is like I said, this is the color I like for my animes. Yeah, the color, the color was fine. I just and the soundtrack is pretty good in my opinion. There's a nice few songs okay. used, nice bombastic songs yeah. for places. And a lot of the characters, like the joke characters, aren't annoying to me. There's one reoccurring character, the Shaolin monk Sai Saishi, who pilots the dragon gun, who's supposed to be the annoying brat who's comic relief. Mm-hmm. I actually like him. Okay. Because his whole shtick is Shaolin monasteries are falling apart because no one practices Shaolin Kung Fu anymore. If he does really well, it'll revitalize the temple, which means his family will do well. Yeah. He's basically followed around by two of his teachers who. Are stand-ins for his dad, who I think has passed away. Okay. And these monks often speak at the exact same time, and they're they're basically they feel like a gay couple taking care of their son. Okay. And the three of them together are kind of comic, but they're also Shaolin monks. They're also deadly as all hell. Yeah. And they work. They really work for me. Like they on most characters like this do not work for me. I just go, you killed the mood. Mm-hmm. But Sai Saishi is actually smart too. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Gundam got stolen, so he keeps hanging around Domo who's told to if you beat the Dragon Gundam you know that's part of your thing and Saishi just keeps getting Domo in trouble so that the guards will eventually leave the Gundam alone so he can steal it back but he pulls it off by being a pain in the ass but it works because he's got to get his Gundam back to restore honor to yada 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 they use sure. honor a lot yeah honor 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 it almost feels like Prince Zugo from Avatar yelling uh, honor constantly mm. Um, the French pilot, George, is very big into his knightly honor. Also, my biggest question is... Okay, France is a big thing about overthrowing the monarchy, right? Yeah. Neo-France is a princess. Huh. The Rose Gundam, which is France's Gundam, looks like Napoleon. Oh. And you're... My, that's the thing that first caught my brain. I was watching this until that, like, this is episode four or five. That's the first thing that made my brain go, wait, what? Like, you could literally probably hear the record scratch in my brain. <laughs> um, the Rose Gundam fires remote-controlled flying rosebuds that shoot laser beams. Or can tuxedo mask and land in something to do damage. Okay, sure, yeah. I feel like this... this We don't even need to comment on... Let's just, 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 just keep saying stuff that happens. <laughs> and it just... Well, did you want to talk about the Tequila Gundam? 
Because that's really awkward because, well, that's the Mexican Gundam. Yeah. It has a sombrero. It sure does. A poncho. Yep. It has a cactus on one arm. Mm-hmm. And the pilot is trying to run away to have a better life. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what to add. I don't either. Like other, that... <laughs> other than... Yep. Yep. It's, that's real. That exists. That exists. What's the... Uh... The Zebra Gundam. Oh, yeah. That's, I think, from South Africa. I th- yeah, Kenya, isn't it? Kenya. That was it. The Kenya one. Yeah. It has two zebras on its shoulders. Mm-hmm. And a loincloth. Yep. Oh, and the one part of the loincloth that's not covering the chest, the chest is painted black. Of course. Of course it is. Although I like its weapon, which is this incredibly long spear that just keeps growing in length and length and length. Yep. And he pole vaults with it, and you're like, that's the stuff I like about this. But when I stop and think about it logically, I'm just going... Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. Although some would argue the worst offense is still one of my favorite Gundams, which is the Swedish Gundam. Okay. The Nobel Gundam. Nobel Peace Prize. They named a giant robot of war after the Nobel Peace Prize. And there's a big long reason why it looks the way it does. Sweden is known for Vikings in some parts of the world, from what I understand. Okay. So, Vikings are a type of sailor. That's the most famous sailor in Japan. The Sailor Scouts. That's the Sailor Gundam. Wait, what? It's It's a Gundam that looks like a giant Sailor Scout. But it's Swedish? Yes! It also has a berserker mode, because Vikings were known for berserker mode. Oh my god, it looks just like Sailor Moon. And I fucking love it. It's my favorite, it's one of my favorite Gundams from the show. It even has Gundam boobs, which I don't understand that. Okay, see, this is what I'm talking about. That, that train of thought where you got to it. So, Did I mentally- Sweden is kind of known for Vikings, which are a sort of sailor... Hey, what else is a sailor? Sailor Moon from a different country. Yes, a lot of people said this. The Nobel Gundam should be the Japanese Gundam because it's the most Japanese thing ever. Oh yeah, by the way, do you want to know its weapons? Sure. Energy hula hoops and gymnastic energy ribbons. It attacks by doing gymnastics. Wow. Until it goes berserker mode and then it just starts clawing your face out. See, it's... The, the Gundams are stereotypes, but they're not even, like, they're, they're lazy. Well, they're, yeah. They're not even like, hey, what are some racial stereotypes about Sweden? I don't know. Viking, sailor, sailor moon. There we go. Well, I don't even know if that's the real it's reason, but that's brain. the reason everyone I know clashes on to, because the only way you can make sense of why is this Swedish Gundam a sailor scout gymnast, gymnast with the berserker mode? Literally called the berserker mode. I'm telling you, this... The, the whole plot was written by, like, a four-year-old. They just they gave the four-year-old crayons, and they said, Giant robots, go! And it just started scribbling nonsense, and then they were like, Okay, let's, let's like, put a bit of finesse on this, and let's turn this into a fucking anime. If you like the Punch-Out! series, you'll like this. Because <laughs> it's just as racist as Punch-Out! Yeah. Uh, my least favorite Gundam is the Grizzly Gundam, though, because I hate 
and everyone does anything with Canada based off lumberjacks. It literally has a lumberjack's toque. Yeah. It has axes in its arms, which it can take out and just dual wield axes. Yeah. Man. The Gundam Maxter, the American Gundam, is basically football fused with boxing oh. with six shooters on its hips. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. What's the name of that gun? Uh, Maxter. Uh, what, what's the name of the pilot, though? Chibity Crockett. There you go. <laughs> Chibity Crockett. Chibity fucking Crockett. Hold on. Um, I remember seeing this, and... His hair belongs in Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yep. Like, I can't talk about this show without bursting the laugh every five minutes. Yeah. it's just that goofy. It really is. Um, I don't see it here. But yeah, he's like a combination of like every most American job possible. And in fact, he keeps talking about his American dream. That's like 95% of his dialogue. His American dream. Which is the girl from the gutters to be the champ. I'm gonna be the champ. I'm gonna be the champ. (laughs) His hometown is New York City. Of course it is. (laughs) It's almost like they're like... What's a city in the U.S.? What's any city in the U.S.? New York. New York City! That has to be the one. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that the Americans are getting the same treatment as... Everyone else? Yeah. Although, I mean, it's not quite as harmful as the other ones, but you know. No, no, it is not. Although if it was made today, it would be the Trump Gundam. Oh, probably, yeah. And its attack would be its terrible comb-over. Yeah. Also, it'd shoot walls. Oh, God. Made of cardboard, probably, though. Jesus Christ. It would be the joke one that loses very very quickly. There are many joke ones that lose very quickly. There are also joke ones that are taken seriously. Like, I don't remember which one it was. I think it's... I can't remember the name of the nation now. It's the Mermaid Gundam. It looks like a Gundam wearing a fish suit. Sure. It's the Mermaid Gundam because it's from the original country of the guy who wrote The Little Mermaid. Oh, so um, Germany probably. No, it, it is from the Germanish area. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it's, uh, what's his name, Hans Christensen? I think so, yeah. It's, something. I forget the guy's name, but yeah. It's not It's not the German Gundam. The German Gundam is the Shadow Gundam, piled by Schwarzbruder, which in English means Shadow Brother. Shadow Brother. He's a ninja. He's, he's a German ninja. Okay. I, I, <laughs> he walks around wearing a skin-tight balaclava in the German flag colors with a little V-crest thingamajig on his head and his entire Gundam suit is the German flag but he wears a trench coat over it. Wow. Oh, can we talk about the whole transition um, of when they get into their Gundams? Oh, yes. The skin-tight suits that are there to copy your movements, and every single time the camera focuses on Domon's butt. Yeah, it, and it's like this weird fucking H.R. Geiger shit. Basically, they're pouring you into rubber. Yeah. And it's apparently this rubber is super, super dense and tight, which is why they're always grunting and stretching, because it's supposed to be, you know, if I climbed in the Domon's mech, the rubber thing would crush me so I couldn't steal his robot. Okay. People still steal the robot. A kid half the size of Domon does it. 
almost collapses from the rubber being put on him. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, I was rewatching the show, and you know what you always do. You, you know, I watch something while I'm playing a game. Every single time I looked back at the screen when the Gundams were swimming up, it was just in time to see Domon's butt on screen. I'm like, what is with you? And showing me your ass. I mean, at least it's different than, you know, getting a girl's ass of every five minutes anime. That's progressive, I guess. Yep, yep. I, I'm going to put that quote on, like... <laughs> yeah, take that one out of context. Yeah. What is with you and always showing you my uh, showing me your ass? That's the... The big quote of the episode. To be fair, I can use that a lot in other animes. Yeah. Mostly directed at women. It's actually, you know what? It's actually a pretty good tagline for the show. <laughs> because <laughs> it's fitting of most of the shows that we cover. Yeah, especially ones where we either both don't like or one of us doesn't like. Yeah. Uh, uh. boy. Um, well, back to our old ways anyway. <laughs> Of completely disagreeing on something. I was. I figured you would. I didn't think you would dislike this show, but I was was betting more on it would be very perplexing to you. And I'm really enjoying your facial reaction to while I describe you things. You know what? No, you're, 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 you're saying I don't. Not, I'm not surprised by this, but your face still shows. What the fuck is he talking about? No, see, perplexed. I think would be more fitting of my experience with, um, I guess, I guess, uh, Gun and Wing. Okay. Where I was like, I there were there were things I wasn't catching. I was missing things. Okay. I, I was confused at times because of my own faults. This is just nonsense. <laughs> I I don't think that I'm missing anything. I think this show is fucking illogical and and just utterly bonkers. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. I, <laughs> what's the Simpsons quote? <laughs> Could it be? It, it wasn't. No, it must be the kids. Uh, what? What is that? There are too many quotes. I'm drawing through my the head. The principal Skinner. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The one where he's like, "There's no children here at the 4-H club." My son, a touch. No, it's the children had a fun. Yeah, touch. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I got. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I really don't. There's nothing else that made you go, what the fuck? It's <laughs> really hard. There's no other Gundam you want to talk about. Is, is there something, I'm, oh, another one I'm missing? No, I'm just curious. Is yeah. there anything else? No, no it, it, it's not that any one thing made me go, what the fuck? It's from the second it starts to as far as I watched, it, I, it was just a constant state of... You want to know what's really funny, though? This Gundam series has the best environmental terrorist in any media I've ever seen. Okay. That and that's Master Asia. The reason why he turns to the dark side and sides yep. with the evil Dark Gundam, because Earth is a shithole right now, and it's mm. humanity's fault, and the Gundam Wars are making things worse. Yeah. The Dark Gundam, which was originally I forget what it was originally called, it became the Dark Gundam when it malfunctioned. Its mm-hmm. programming was to be sent to Earth and rebuild Earth's nature and soil and just fix Earth. It's noticed the obvious story of how, oh, humanity is the ones fucking things over. Yeah. So it's using humans as its puppets to fix things, and it's basically all powerfully destroying the world, and it self-repairs itself. And Master Asia look, looks at this and goes, yeah, why, are, why aren't we helping this? And his whole reason for it is he feels massive guilt because he won mm-hmm. a tournament. And... As soon as his adrenaline was done and his hype was over, he turned around and looked backwards at all the damage and carnage he caused. 
Yeah. And that's like, huh, I believe that. Hmm. It's not because you're half plant and you hate humans or you don't, you just hate humans for no explained reason. He actually legitimately has seen the worst of humanity as a fighter. Yeah. And he's being praised for it. So he's like the Gundam equivalent of Fern Gully. Basically, yeah, only if Fern <laughs> Gully was, you know, led by someone who's the living embodiment of every Chuck yeah, Norris I, joke. Sure. That's, that's basically what that, he is. That's a movie for you. Yeah. And Astro Asia is one of my favorite Gundam characters, period. Because when he's ever crossed over other Gundam series, he is the exact same character. And if he likes a character, he starts teaching them in the middle of combat. Because that's just his nature. He's a master of Kung Fu. Walker, Texas Park Ranger. <laughs> perhaps. Sure, let's go with that, yes. <laughs> but um, he also has one of my favorite Gundams, period. The Master Gundam. Which is this black Gundam with massive wings that can fold around like a cape. So it basically just looks intimidating while it's floating there. <laughs> or it can summon its white horse to ride on. Of course. Which we've already discussed, Moon Psyche, and to see this black Gundam riding a horse... The only thing I don't like about it is its weapon. Mm-hmm. Master Asia is famous for using his sash as a weapon, so it fires a beam sash. Or cloth, whatever you want to call it. This, this is just a pile of words to me. Like <laughs> I could just be saying... You, you fun, could, uh, saying fun Floofeldorth would mean the exact same thing to you right Yes, now. exactly. You could just reverse, or completely scramble the order of those words, and I'd, I'd get the same message, essentially. But I guarantee you, there's somebody out there listening going, what the, I need to see this. Yeah. And they're going to either be hooked or look like you and basically go, I have no idea where I am right now. Yep. Like, I guarantee if I somehow managed to make you watch this entire series in one sitting, by the end of it, you wouldn't even know how pants work. No. Yeah, that, that is, is pretty much It's pants on, on head crazy. I watched, just the watching a couple episodes, like, back to back, made me... Just like I was just completely out of sorts. It, honestly, if if you ever considered dabbling into drugs, into hallucinogens, and you don't want the actual um, uh, risk of, of of I don't know addiction or whatever, uh, try G Gundam. Same effect. It, it's almost like a like a trial version. You know? You have trialed... Steve, it's for you. You have trialed, tried much of a trial version. Yeah. Yeah. So we both recommend this, but for very vastly different reasons. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. This um, is not my... Like, I already said, like, Gundam Double O and Wing Gundam are my favorites, but this is probably my fifth favorite Gundam series I've watched the whole thing of. And it's, like I said, this is my favorite one where I'm like, I don't feel like my brain worked today. Me put in G Gundam. Yeah. That that sounds about right. <laughs> um, so you want to move on to some other anime related stuff? Sure. Um, I don't know if we're gonna get a chance to talk about this or not. Did you happen to watch any of that Ultraman series uh, on Netflix? I was going to, but the CGI animation kind of turned me. Oh, right CGI on. animation. Yeah. Mm, okay, I didn't know that. No, and it doesn't. It doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look. Like good CGI anime. Oh, okay. It's in. It's like smack dab in the middle of the trailer yeah. I watched. I don't know if it's better in episodes because yeah. for some reason Netflix's trailers are just generally garbage. 
Yeah, I'm not big on Netflix trailers like, at all. Like, uh, the trailer for Voltron. I never watched the trailer for Voltron. It's yeah. hot garbage. Yeah. Voltron's so good. I'm like, yeah. if this is how you're marketing it, how the hell would anyone watch this? Yeah. Um, well, two pieces of news um, this week in relation to maybe my two favorite anime. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a little biased, but... Oh, that's fine. I mean, uh, I got to gush about something, so you get to enjoy something. Yeah, there we go. Um... Let me see. What am I going to talk about first? The Akira live-action movie is moving forward. Ooh, good. They have a director. So it's finally starting to get out of limbo. Yeah. It's been in yeah. limbo for how long now? Uh, a long time. They've gone through a lot of directors attaching writers. themselves. Yeah, I've and... heard of a lot of writers changing and producers. But Taika Waititi is doing it. We've been saying he should do an anime. Yeah. And yeah I, mm-hmm. I am not that big of an Akira fan, but hearing him attached to it, yeah. Oh yeah, please. I, I I love Akira, and I I just reading quotes on what his vision is for this. Like for starters, Taika Waititi is fantastic. Yes, he's, uh, he's very funny. Yes, he gets he gets action comedy really well. Yeah, like he doesn't do action comedy like I would say Jackie Chan does, which is action and comedy at the exact same time. Yeah, but he knows how to paste them together. That yeah, the West, yeah. most audience general audience will like exactly. Um, should should indicate if you don't know who that is. He's the he's best known now for the uh, directing Thor Ragnarok, which I still yeah. think is one of the best Marvel movies or just movies in general. Yeah, it's great. I actually put it in my top ten movies. I'm trying to make a top yeah. ten list. And like the first one that popped in my head from Marvel was yeah, I got to put Thor Ragnarok in there because yeah. only one by the Marvel Studios that I can rewatch yeah. endlessly. Yeah. Um, he also did What We Do in the Shadows, which personally I'm a big. Uh, horror comedy fan. Yes. And What We Do in the Shadows is one of the best. It I, is I, so good. I keep meaning to watch that because every time I hear about it, I'm like, oh god, that sounds so good. Why they, don't... Uh, the TV show just started a couple weeks ago, actually. I've been watching it and it's fantastic. Hmm. Because he is also a producer on the TV show and, and did some writing and directing on it. Nice. Well, I'll definitely have to look at that. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be great. He's already talked about how he'd like to cast Unknowns. Hmm. For the show, uh, for uh, for the movie, sorry, Akira. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Yeah, this is great, great idea. From what I understand, he's worked really well with up and comings. Oh yeah, absolutely. Most of, a lot of his movies are, uh, besides oh, Thor Ragnarok, obviously not it's, the case. It is an exception, yeah. But the, I mean, uh, what's the one Hunt for the Wil- Wilder People or Wilder? I don't know. That one. I don't know. It, it's got it. The, uh, it was the I think the first breakout role for Julian Dennison, who was in Deadpool two. Yes, uh, the the kid from Deadpool two. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm I trust everything that he makes. Yep. So I'm excited there. Just nobody call the next Spielberg because that's just a death nail for any director. Yeah, but see, they always do that when like they always they don't look so much at the the director's actual credits. They'll look at like like I heard people use that about Colin Trevorrow when he made Jurassic World and it was like oh. really? No. Just because he made a like a, a you know, a big yeah, well, budget dinosaur movie. Well the most famous one that's was ever called the next Spielberg was like uh Shyamalan. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, as soon as they called him that yeah. his movies went really downhill really fast. Yeah. And that's it they were any good to begin with so i, I can i consider like like the, the death nail for any decent or up-and-coming director yeah like don't just let why does he have to be the next spielberg why can't he be the first ytt 
Yeah, exactly. And he has a, a very distinct voice that comes through in his movies. In fact, his voice was one of the best parts of Thor Ragnarok, literally. And, and, uh, not anime related, but he's going to be voicing a droid in the upcoming Man, uh, Mandalorian Star Ooh. Wars TV show. Nice. Yeah, I'm on board for that. Yeah. Uh, in other news related very much to my interest, Netflix has released the cast of the Cowboy Bebop TV series. Yeah, and you, as soon as that happened, you sent me that out yeah. of like pure giddiness. I'm so excited. I, I just pictured you in your chair basically being like, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Pretty spot on. Um, John Cho is going to be Spike Siegel. John Cho is best known for, I guess, Harold and Kumar and Star Trek are probably the big ones. Probably, yeah. But he's he's been all over the place. He's a fantastic actor. Yeah. Uh, he has quite a bit of range, too. He can he can do the comedy, but he can also do the serious mm-hmm. uh, drama sort of action side of things. Um Mustafa Shakir as Jet Black. I love this. He was in Luke Cage season two. Oh, okay. He was, um, oh my god, uh, Bushmaster. Oh, okay. And, like, oh, okay. I've seen pictures of him. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, when that came out, uh, myself and James, my Jedi Dropouts co host, were, we couldn't get over this guy. Like, where did this guy come from? We yeah, didn't I, see I, him I remember more. you guys like, in the podcast. Yeah. Just like, why is there not more of this guy? Yeah, and now he's Jet Black. And,. I'm all about that one. The other two actors, I don't know. I haven't seen them in anything. Uh, Daniel Panita is Faye Valentine. She looks the part. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I can see of her acting credits, she's actually pretty reputable. Okay. And um, she's been in a couple TV shows, and I think I think I have seen her in the new Jurassic World movie, but I, I can't recall her part very well. That movie's a bit of a blur anyway. Yeah, that's... That tends to be how people describe that movie. It was, yeah. I watched it. What was it about? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I know it had dinosaurs in it. Yeah. What kind of dinosaurs? The the raptors? The the endoraptor that they created for that movie. Yeah, people talk about the endoraptor, but they also talk yeah. about the raptors, and I yeah. think they, like, they like any other dinosaurs. And you just get a <laughs> blank stare, like, so why didn't they just call it Raptor World? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and lastly, Alex Hassel as Vicious, the uh, the villain of the show. Um, I can't really find anything that he's in that I know, mm-hmm. but it looks like he is more of a um, like a Shakespearean stage actor. Ooh, those and, usually work really well for villains. Oh yeah, especially it, if that's the right kind of villain. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that usually and from what you've told me about Bebop, that sounds like yeah, a good I, fit. I think I think it really will work. Um, we're gonna have to cover Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah, point. I guarantee you we will. Yeah, I wouldn't like this is one of the ones where I have not watched, but it's not because I have no interest in. It. It's just life finds a way of getting in the way. Yeah. Or for me, it feels like I should watch something new. Did you say that just because we're talking about Jurassic Park? <laughs> no, I actually end up saying that a lot. I actually yeah. ended up saying that as a kid before I watched yeah. Jurassic Park. Oh really? Yeah. Life finds a way. So that was probably why Goldblum was my favorite. Well, yep. I don't remember his character in the movie, but he was definitely the best part of the Grizzle. Ian Malcolm, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I will be. I'll go to watch it. Yeah. And I'll end up rewatching something else. Yeah. Or I'll go to watch it, and then YouTube will suggest, "Oh, hey, that guy made released a new video," and then I watch this entire library again. Of course. Um, do we have a question of the episode? We don't have anything. I couldn't get a hold of anyone for questions. They're all basically all tabbed yeah. out. 
I'm not sure if I have anything. Okay, like, how, how about I give you a question off the top of my head? Okay, sure. Design the na- give, name your own Gundam. Name my Gundam. You're, you're going to make the next Neo Canadian Gundam. Neo Canadian? Yes. So it has to be inherently Canadian. No, remember the Shining Gundam isn't inherently oh. Japanese. Besides the beam swords. Okay. So would you go? Would you double down on the stupid, or would you try and make it cool? I okay. If I'm making a so I'm making a Gundam to represent the country. Yes. I would. Uh, I'd make it a tribute to what I think is one of the most influential Canadians of all time. I would make it a tribute to Mr. Gord Downey. I call it the Gord Gundam. I'd and I'd have um, I'd have a Gundam designed to look like his uh, infamous outfit from their final tour with the Jaws T-shirt and the scarf and the, and the hat. Okay. Um, and it would have uh, maybe like a sonic, uh, like a. Uh, like a, a sound attack, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Yeah, like a sonic boom sort of thing. Um, very sound activated. I like the sounds of that, yeah. Yeah, off the top of my head now. Uh, yeah. The, the Gord Gundam. The Gord Gundam. <laughs> Gord fucking Downey, man. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that, yeah. That's, that's, that's my... <laughs> that's a nice deep cut for Canada. <laughs> I think the Tragically Hip are basically the soundtrack to our country. I mean, fair, like you know, some, give or take. Some people would argue bare naked ladies. Yeah, bare naked ladies. I, mean, I like, I like, yeah, I like yeah. both. Yeah, I also like Rush. The, so. ba- the bare naked Gundam. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Okay, you you got you had something in mind here. No, me? that was so. Good. The only thing I could think of if I was gonna double down the jokes, yeah. it would be the Mister Dress Up Gundam. Mister Dress Up. <laughs> So it's basically just the tickle trunk with a Gundam's head and arms, oh and it shoots god. costumes out. Oh my god! And each no, each arm has is like um, molded to look like one of the puppets. Yes, <laughs> almost like a Voltron. No, 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 no! no. The, the tickle trunk opens up and it fires the puppets on strings to attack you with little boxing gloves. I love it. I was th- I was thinking uh, Voltron style, where yeah. each, every piece is a different puppet. That yeah, comes together. <laughs> but the head has to have like Mister Dressel's like glasses. Oh on yeah, it. for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's where this episode went. Because you basically, when you basically, I was gonna make a Rush reference, and you basically kicked the crap out of it with a Gord, <laughs> Gord Gundam. So I figured, <laughs> all right, I gotta go silly. I gotta go silly. Yeah, might as well, man. Or maybe a red green one. Red green. Just a, a duct tape. It's basically, oh, it's basically the guy from My Hero Academia with the duct with the tape dispenser in its arms, only the duct oh, tape. Oh yeah. Although that might uh, be unfair. That's a bit too strong. That might be too strong. The, <laughs> the duct tape is too strong for the Gundam world. <laughs> uh, okay. If it was the red green one, one of the legs would have to be made entirely out of duct tape or just held together by it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I, I think that's where we're ending this. Yep. <laughs> of all places. Um, what are we doing in our next episode? Ooh, what are we doing for our next episode? Uh, that's a good question. I haven't. I don't remember. Um, it is a surprise. It's a surprise for both of us. It's a, it's a big mystery surprise. We're doing this on purpose. We're holding out the information. Yes. That we definitely remember. That is why. Yes. Oh, why don't we forget to do something very important? We didn't forget to welcome our new audience from... Uh, Yes. Uh, so those of you from Podcoin. Yeah, we're, uh, we're not going to do an ad right away. That'll be on one of the coming episodes. But yeah. we recently were featured as a bonus podcast on Podcoin. And uh, the listens kind of took off. So I don't know if we have any uh, 
returners. Yeah, we, we might have earned some new um, listeners from PodCoin, and if you are one of those, welcome to the podcast. Feel free to contact us for questions. If you yeah, yeah, we're always looking for listener questions for... Just general feedback. Yeah, absolutely. We always want to hear back from listeners. Suggestions, too. Yep. We're not, like, I mean, One Piece was pretty much a suggestion by the Alamir at Alanicon. Yeah, yeah. We had a couple people who were very adamant we do One Piece. Yeah, And absolutely. we did. Yep. So we're... We're not, you know, we're not exactly puppets, but, you know, we'll dance for money. We'll dance <laughs> sure. for money. For money? There's money involved in this? I hope so. Um, well. It's called pod, PodCoin. They'll throw coins at us, right? Mm, I'll even take tokens for arcades. I wouldn't get your hopes up by that. Oh. Uh, anyway, that's another episode of Final Form. You can check out other episodes of Final Form, Jedi Dropouts, and whatever else we do over at www.jedidropouts.podbean.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, let's let's go. Uh, what, what are we what are we doing? Gundam fight ready? Oh God! Go later. <laughs>